0: good morning everybody let me say hello to our campuses today my name is Eddie Couples I'm the lead pastor for Love and Truth Ministries I'm grateful for what God is doing in each location of Love and Truth Church I'm glad today to be able to join with you as I preach the Word of God so would you get your Bibles and let's all go together to the book of Ephesians chapter 1 in just a moment I want to read that to you now here's I'm getting a new series today called blessed to be a blessing here's what I know let me ask this question to you how many of you have ever complained in your life? Come on, hold it there a second. Would you look to your right or to your left and see if you've got a liar sitting next to you? <laughs> right? Come on. <laughs> you know, it's just, if somebody didn't raise their hand, they either didn't understand the question or, or something. Because uh, here's what I know is that all of us complain. All of us uh, have a tendency... To focus on that which is lacking instead of focusing on that which we have. And yet the Word of God tells us in the book of Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3, it gives us just a great word there. It says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. In other words, you and I have been given everything. Another scripture says that we've been blessed uh, in, in everything that pertains to life and to godliness. And so in our lives, whatever it is that we need, the Word of God lets us know that we've been blessed. Our problem a lot of times, though, is, is not that we have not received the blessing. is that we don't know why we've been given the blessing. Sometimes we find that, that blessing has come into our life and that we think it's for us, or it's for our good, or it's for our benefit, and yet when you study the Word of God, what you find is is that yes, God wants to bless you so that you can enjoy this life, but God blesses you so that you can in turn be a blessing. That you have been given the privilege, you have been given the opportunity of blessing someone else. That you have, as a Christian, received this great blessing that God has for you. Now today I'm going to talk about the greatest blessing of all. And that blessing is salvation, we all understand that. Uh, but, but today I'm going to kind of break that down a little bit for us. But, but here's what I want you to know. Is that instead of focusing on the negative... Why don't we begin to focus on the positive? Why don't we begin to look at what we have instead of what we don't have? How, how many of you know that your wants will never be met? If you want you know, a, a new car, you get the new car, but then the next model comes out. You want the new computer, then the next one comes out. You want I, I mean, you know, and don't don't any of you throw stones at me. But but the, the whole Apple computer phenomena and I, yes, I've got an iPhone and I'm preaching from an iPad. But the whole phenomena is, is that every six months to a year we get a new one. And it automatically means I've got to upgrade because what I have is just not good enough. And so that's, that's kind of life is that we focus. It's kind of like, how many of you know, we won't be long, we'll be in the Christmas season. How many of you know that, that, you know, you'll spend as parents, you'll spend days and weeks and sometimes months and feels like years buying all the Christmas presents and getting all the things and getting them all wrapped, putting them under the Christmas tree, all the things that you do or Santa Claus brings them, whatever. Uh, just realized I was being politically incorrect Uh, anyway and, and you put them there and all of a sudden you know they're stacked eight feet tall all the way around the tree and 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 it took you months to do it and within five minutes they've ripped through everything and then now I know your kids have never done this but I've heard of kids who then will go well is that all Now, the issue is it's not just when you're 10 or 12 or 5 that you do that. There's still kind of this mentality in life that that many of us live with is that we've been given all these blessings, all these great things that God has done for us, But we're always saying, well, is that all? Is that all that we have? And yet, God wants us to begin to live with a mentality that you and I have been blessed so that we can in turn do something for somebody else, so that we can in turn make a difference in somebody else's life. Listen, I don't know where you are today. I don't know what's happening in your life or in your world. But here's what I know is that you are a blessed human being. You say, well, you don't know my situation. You don't know how I live. You don't know what I don't have. I understand that, but I am telling you, you are a blessed individual. Number one is you're able to hear the gospel. Number two is is that you live in a country where freedom is given to you to participate in religious activity any way that you want to. You have been given the, uh, the right in our nation to vote for who you want to and to gripe about if they don't get elected. Right, I mean, we, we live in a blessed nation, we live in a blessed country, and we are blessed people. And so because of that, sometimes we kind of miss out on it. So today, I, I want to turn our attention, I'm going to talk about salvation today, over the next few weeks we'll talk about some other things. But, but when we begin to look at that word salvation, we all kind of have this understanding, well I'm saved, that means I'm going to heaven one day. That's great, and yes, that is part of it. In, in other words, a, a lot of people use salvation as fire insurance what i mean by that is is that they got saved so they won't go to hell and that's all they know it's kind of like when you buy a policy on your house if it burns down you're going to reap it but you really don't want it to burn down because you don't want right so everybody wants to go to heaven but nobody wants to go today come on pastor i want to go to heaven right now no so what is this thing about salvation? What, what is it? Well, the, the, the word saved, the Greek word, is the, it's sozo, it's sozo, uh, and, and it means much more than just being saved for heaven. What it means is it means to save, it means to keep safe and sound, and it means to rescue from danger or destruction. You and I have been given much more than just salvation for the sweet by and by. We have been given the opportunity to live a life where Jesus Christ brings some abundant benefits into our lives and where that you and I now can live that life and we can take it to the next level so that we can live what John 10.10 calls the abundant life. The Bible says, Jesus said this, he said the thief, talking about Satan, he said the thief comes for to kill, to steal, and to destroy, but I am come that you can have life, and you can have that life more what? Abundantly, right? And and so the abundant life that Jesus Christ has given to us is the place where you and I need to come to. So we need to get there. We need to learn how to live there. But first of all, we have to understand a few things about it. The book of Matthew, the first chapter, if you have your Bibles, uh, it says this. Matthew one twenty one says, She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins the the first aspect of salvation is that we have salvation from our sins you and i have been saved from sin that's good news because the the scripture tells us that if you've sinned you deserve judgment but the bible says That you and I have been given this salvation. We have been saved from our sin. The book of 1 Timothy uh, says it this way. 1 Timothy 1.15 says, Here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And then the apostle Paul says, Of whom I am the worst. Now, the, the whole purpose, and, and probably the very first scripture you learned, if you went to church at all, at any point of your life, one of the very first scriptures you learned was John three, sixteen, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him would not perish but would have everlasting life. We we know that. We've read that. We've heard that. And and so if we will understand that, we've been given this salvation. Now, here's the deal. The Bible says that I am saved from the penalty of judgment. Now, I don't know about you. I kind of like that. Now, I want to ask you to raise your hands, but but let me ask you a question. How many of you deserve some judgment in your life? No, no, no. Don't, 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 don't. Put it down. Put it down. (laughs) Don't, Don't tell anybody. They'll think you don't deserve it. They'll, you know, they'll think you're perfect. Here's what I know is that so often we forget that the Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Everybody. There's nobody that's perfect. Now, I like that. I've met a few people who thought they were. I've met a few people who pretended they were. But the Bible says nobody is perfect. But yet the Bible lets me know that if I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, that I am saved from judgment. When I got up this morning, I didn't go, oh, I don't know if I'm going to be saved today. I don't know if I'm going to go to heaven or hell when I die. No, no, no. I know I have the assurance, according to the Word of God, that Jesus Christ died for me. He rose again on the third day. He ascended upon high, the Bible says, and sat down at the right hand of the Father, waiting until his enemies be made his footstool. And so I have the assurance today. That the scripture says that Jesus Christ the righteous ever liveth to make intercession for me. In other words, Jesus is pleading my case in the heavenlies. Whatever I've done, I've got the best defense team on earth. You talk about a dream team. I've got Jesus Christ the righteous... Who is interceding on my behalf, who is pleading my case, and you know all that he has to do is point to his blood, and the judge has to say, not guilty. So I've been saved from the penalty of sin. I've been saved from the judgment of sin. I don't have, sin, watch this, sin is not in my future, judgment is not in my future, it's in my past. It's already been judged on the cross of Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago, and the Word of God says that I was crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, and the life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So the price is paid. So today, this whole thing about salvation means I can live free from judgment. I can live not as a sinner. And I want to help you. You are not a sinner Hallelujah. if you're a Christian. I talk about this some, but it's, it's, it's one of those bad theological things we've been taught. And that is, is that we're just poor old sinners saved by grace, right? I'm a poor old sinner. No, you're not. You can't be a sinner and be saved you're either saved or you're a sinner you can't be both okay I'll do it this way you can't be married and single at the same time I'll give you another one you can't be kind of pregnant so she's a little bit pregnant. no she's pregnant you you cannot be saved but a sinner You are either saved or you are a sinner. Once you are saved, then yes, you may find yourself sinning, but you are no longer a sinner because your nature has been changed and you have been brought into the family of God Almighty. And the Bible says now you are an heir and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. And so my judgment has been taken care of. Thank God that those things that I have done, and watch this, even those things that I will do in the future have already been nailed to the cross and the blood of Jesus Christ takes care of my sin and I don't have to worry about judgment any longer because the grace of God has saved me. So that, that's the greatest blessing that I could receive. But it, but it doesn't stop there. The book of Jude, the first chapter, and the fifth verse, uh, and it's, it's referring to our lifestyle uh, before we got saved and kind of referring back to the children of Israel and e- Egyptians bondage. And verse 5 says, though you already know all this, I want to remind you that the Lord delivered his people out of Egypt, but later destroyed those who did not believe. In other words, salvation is not just so I'm going to heaven and not just because my sins are forgiven, but salvation is deliverance. I am moved from the place that I used to be. I'm not in Egypt's bondage anymore. I'm not serving Pharaoh anymore. In other words, there is a supernatural deliverance that happens in my life. I I don't have the same boss anymore, if I can use that terminology. For years, Satan ruled my life told me what to do, told me when to get up, told me when to go to bed, told me how to live, told me all those things. But the day I got saved, I was delivered. Just as the children of Israel, the day that God delivered them out of Egyptians' bondage, no longer, for 430 years, they had served Pharaoh. They had served the king of Egypt. But the day that God delivered them out, they no longer were serving Pharaoh. Now they were serving God. Now, how many of you know if you read that story very carefully, it took them a few years to get Egypt out of them? right? I mean, they, they got out of Egypt like that, but it took, you know, in fact it took some of them dying in the desert, about 40 years of it, before they got there. And, but you and I have been delivered the Word of God says, from that. And so so we have this assurance within our hearts that we have been delivered from, from all the process, all the things that the enemy has done in our life. All those, all those horrible things that he would try to keep you in bondage with, you have been given the freedom today to walk out of that. Now, look in 2 Timothy 4.18 because I, I want to spend a few moments with this. 2 Timothy 4.18 says, The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to His heavenly kingdom. To Him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, I, I've been talking about salvation in different aspects. Let me, let me give you one other aspect of salvation. Salvation as protection in your life. Second Timothy talks about the Lord will rescue me from every evil attack now let's talk about this for a moment everybody believes in angels i I mean if, if you were to take a poll of america religious or not religious everybody believes in angels oh yes we believe in angels i've got a personal angel i got an angel i talk with i got an angel that shows up you know whatever touched by an angel Something right and and so there's there's this whole aspect of of angelic and and I believe in angels The, The word of God is quite clear that that there are angels that God has created these heavenly beings and the Bible says this Watch what it says that angels are for it says that angels are Ministering spirits sent to minister to the heirs of salvation That's us If you are a Christian, that's you that angels are sent to minister to you. Remember uh, when Jesus was in the garden and the the scripture there, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John tells us that when Jesus was in the garden praying and seeking and he he was in that place of of giving, ready to give his life up, that the Bible says that God sent angels down to, to minister to him. There are times in your life that the Bible says that you entertain angels and you don't even know it. Now, if that is true in the positive, I want to tell you, you can't have good angels without having bad angels. Now, isn't it interesting that as soon, and I'm going to freak some people out, but as soon as you say the word demons, everybody gets upset. The world will believe for angels, but if you tell them some things are demonic, they start freaking out. And yet, the Word of God is quite clear. That we have this whole process here that the enemy comes in to attack. The Bible says that even Satan himself appears like an angel of light. Now, he, here's what we have to understand. If you are a Christian, here's the good news. The powers of darkness have no authority over your life. In fact, the scripture says this, that Satan is underneath your feet. Okay? Okay? But how many of you know at times in the life of Christians that they get attacked by the enemy? Why is that? Well, why does that happen? Well, sometimes it's a testing time that God's taking you through to another level. But a lot of times it's because we have opened ourselves up to receive what the enemy wants to bring into our life. Now, let me show it to you. Here's what the Scripture says. It says that the angels of God go forth to perform the words of God. That in other words, when God speaks, the angels go. When God says, Gabriel, go, he goes. When when God speaks, the, the angels are released and they go forth. Now, if that is true, then we find out that Jesus told us that whatsoever we bind on earth as the church, whatever we bind on earth will be bound in the heavenlies and whatever we release on earth, it will be released in the heavenlies. So as the church, now the church is not the building. You do understand that. We call this the church. This is not the church. You are the church. Every Christian is the church. We are. And so we have been given the authority that whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever we release on earth will be released in heaven. How do we do that? We do that through the Word of God. When we say what the Word of God says about our situation, then the angels of God are released to go forth on our behalf. When we say what the Word of God says about what we're going through, such as, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers in the book of John there, First John, then we at that moment have released the Word of God, and now the angels of God go forth to bring in what we need in our life. It's a pretty cool thing. In fact, it really ought to make you want to read the Bible. Because if you knew what the Bible says was yours, and you could begin to use that on your behalf to allow allow the angels of God to go forth before you, your life would find a greater place and a greater dimension of blessing within your life. And so, you know, the the scripture talks about all kinds of things that he's Jehovah Rapha, the Lord God, your healer. He's Jehovah Jireh, the Lord God, your provider. It talks about it. It says he's El Shaddai. He's more than enough, whatever it is that you need. And so whatever you're going through in your life, as you begin to proclaim those words over your life, you begin to speak the blessings over your life. Then angels are released. Angels aren't just, you know, floating around in the heavenlies saying, oh, you know, I hope one day we'll have a job. I mean, how many of you know God has a purpose for everything He creates? And and the angels aren't just floating around eating angels' food cake and saying, I hope one day we get to do something. No, they're doing something right now. In fact, the Bible calls them the the host of heaven, which means they're the army of heaven. And they go forth to perform the words of God. And so, as I speak the word of God over my situation, if I'm facing a difficulty and I find out what God's word says, maybe I'm, I'm dealing with sickness and I find out that the scripture says he is my healer, that the stripes are laid upon his back for my healing. As I begin to confess that and say that, then the word of God is released and the angels go forth to perform the words of God. But watch, the Bible doesn't only talk about blessing, the Bible also talks about cursing. And I didn't say cussing. All right, there's a difference in cursing and cussing. Cussing are those words you don't need to be using. Cursing are those things that we say and a lot of times don't even realize what we're saying. And if you haven't said anything negative about your life, I promise you somebody else has. Well, then nothing good ever going to happen for them. You know, I I hope, and and people just speak stuff over you. And, And here's the understanding. If the angels of God go forth to perform the words of God, follow me, is it not a great possibility that the angels of darkness go forth to perform the curses and the words of man? When we start speaking over our situation, well, nothing ever good happens for me. We never get anything good in our family. Our family is always messed up. We we're, we're ne- we never have harmony, in my, and and every time we do that, my kids are never going to amount to anything. That you know, they're going to all wind up in prison. I don't know. You don't believe people say that? People say that, and then they wonder why all stuff breaks loose the way that it does. You need to understand that you've been given the authority of the Word of God in your life. You have been saved from the destruction of the enemy. The enemy does not have authority over you unless you give it to him. But if you will learn to start saying what God says about you, I'm the head, not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I'm the lender, not the bar. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. I'm blessed going in. I'm blessed coming out. Whatever I set my hand to do, it shall prosper. Now, that's what God says. I would a lot rather have that. Well, nothing ever good is going to happen. We're always going to be broke and busted and disgusted. Everybody hates me. Nobody likes me. And yet you find that, not, maybe, maybe not to that extent, but you find Christians doing that all the time. And the Word of God talks about bitter water and sweet water flowing from the same fountain. And God says we have to deal with that. And the reason we have to deal with that is because you and I have been saved from destruction. Spiritual destruction we've been saved from, but it's up to us to live out this salvation that we've been given. But not only is that, the Word of God also tells us that there is salvation as healing. Matthew 9, 20 through 22, this is a story, and I don't read the whole thing, but it says there's a woman uh, who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, came up behind Jesus, and touched the edge of his cloak, or his, uh, his robe. She said to herself, if I only touch his cloak, I will be healed. And Jesus turned and saw her and said, take heart, daughter. He said, your faith has healed you, and the woman was healed from that moment. Now, here's what we need to understand. We need to understand salvation is healing. I believe that Jesus Christ took stripes upon his back so that you and I could be healed. And I believe, in fact, there's there's a story where the woman's referred to as a Syrophoenician woman who comes to Jesus and she asks him for her daughter to be healed. And Jesus ignores her. And she keeps asking, and everybody, all the disciples are saying, send her away, get rid of her, and she just keeps coming, keeps coming. And finally, Jesus looks at her and insults her. I mean, think think about this. Think if I came up to you today and said, don't bother me, you old dog. I ain't never going back to that church. I can't believe what that preacher, did you hear what that preacher said to me? I can't believe. But Jesus looked at her and said, The bread is for the children. It's not for the dogs. I mean, that's in your face. You know what she said? She said, yeah, Lord, but the dogs get the crumbs. Now, if you read that, it's interesting how Jesus and her had this encounter. But here's what Jesus said in that that dialogue with her. He said that healing is the children's bread. Now, think about that. Healing is the children's bread. In other words, we have the authority, we have the right in our lives to receive healing. And so I believe we ought to pray for healing. Now, people always ask me, Pastor, do you believe everybody's going to get healed? And I say, yes, here or there. Here or there, everybody's going to be healed. Now, that that messes with everybody because there are some people who say everybody's going to get healed now. And and, and I want to tell you, I've been doing this a long time. And I believe in speaking the word in faith and I believe in praying for people and I believe in all of that. But I also believe that I've seen great Christians who it was their time to go and they didn't get healed. I've seen other Christians live for years with debilitating illnesses and I know they love God and I know God loved them and I don't have the answer to why they didn't get healed. And here's what I want to tell us as Christians. Never... Put a burden on someone else that you can't bear yourself. Don't ever look at somebody who is struggling with sickness in their body and tell them, well, if you just had more faith. Because you know what? You didn't get saved by your faith. You got saved by the faith that God gave you. The scripture says, it is a gift of God, lest anybody boast. So, do I believe in healing with all my heart? Do we pray for the sick all the time? Do we see people heal? Yes, yes, yes. But I want to tell you, I have seen God heal my body time and time and time again. But I also have some things in my body, even as I stand here today, that are not healed. And I'm taking medicine. And you can say, I don't have faith, and I don't care. I don't mean that in a rude sense. The moment it gets aligned, I'll quit taking the medicine. But until then, wow, it gets quiet. Why? Because, let me do this and we'll close. Luke was a physician when he came to Jesus, and he never renounced being a doctor. God uses supernatural healing and he also uses the wisdom that he gives to mankind. So please, let's be careful. Sometimes in our faith declarations, we put people under condemnation who are already dealing with enough and they don't need us to put them under any more condemnation. Is that okay? All right, now, let's do, let's do this. What, what, what do we do with this salvation? Why, how do we, If I'm blessed to be a blessing, you sound like all that's about me. No, here's what I do. Three things real quickly. First of all is I have to believe it. I have to believe that, that these things I've talked about today are, are mine. They're not somebody else's. They're not good for somebody back there. They are mine as well, so I believe it. Secondly, I have to accept it. I believe, I've heard it, now I have to accept it. Lord, I today accept your salvation. I accept not just I'm going to go to heaven, but I accept deliverance. I accept protection. I accept healing today in my life. And then the last aspect is we have to live it. Day in and day out, we live it. The the Word of God tells us in the book of 1 Peter. In fact, I think it's 1 Peter 3.15. It it says this, it says, be ready to give an answer to everyone who asks of you of the hope that lies within you. Now, let me say this. If we really are blessed with salvation, then we ought to be living in such a way that other people are looking at us and saying, there is something about you that I like. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been around Christians? I mean, some Christians make me want to be atheist. Okay, I won't be an atheist. I'll be a Hindu then, all right? I mean, it just, just some, come on, am I the only one? I mean, they're always depressed. They always look like they got drugged you know, by the cat. They, I mean, it's just, it's like you look at them and go, and they go I love Jesus and you go oh <laughs> and yeah I, you know it's, it's kind of like some of your family members you just don't want to be seen with them <laughs> hmm. not going there Jesus help me uh, th- there needs to be something about us that we are living and here here's the key if we live with our attention on our blessings we're going to be in trouble watch because today I may have this blessing and tomorrow I may not but if I have my attention on the one who blesses then I will live my life being blessed to be a blessing why because I have everything today I need no My attention is not on the blessing. My attention is on the blesser. And because he has blessed me, and yes, I have blessings in my life, and now I'm going to release those to other people. That's what we're called to do. That's what it means to set our affections on things above, not on the things of this earth.